Well, hello, hello. Welcome to CarneyEFree.com. Uh, my name is Adrian, and it's so good to be with you today once again. We appreciate you joining us. Wherever you might be watching today, uh, perhaps you're tuning in from some other place in Nebraska or really anywhere across our nation. We're grateful, though, that you're with us today. Hey, I wonder if you would do this little favor for us as we get started here, though, this morning. If you're a first-time watcher today of CarneyEFree.com, would you be willing to just to sign in on the little chat page right next to the portal though, that you're watching on? And uh, we'd love to get to know you. Let us know if there's any prayer requests though, that you might have, any way though, that we can partner with you in your ongoing spiritual growth. Again, it's great to have you with us again today. What rich worship though, that was this morning. I, I pray that you can worship even as we're not gathered as a congregation, in families perhaps, we pray about fighting our battles. We sing about fighting our battles, and what a great song though that was just to sing together. Really grateful for Jessica and Matt and the worship team and their great leadership to guide us into worship though this morning. Hey, I want to take just a moment, if I can, to uh, talk about what's coming over these next number of weeks uh, two weeks from today, we will finish up our Dangerous Prayers series. It's been a long series that's gone about 10, 11 weeks, in which we've talked about dangerous prayers for the disturbing times the, that we're living in. And at the same time, on that Sunday, to two weeks from today, we'll also kind of formally wrap up our Sunday to Everyday Initiative. This is an initiative though, that we as a church have been working on together for about eight or nine months in which we have been collectively praying, God, would you make me aware of people around you? Would you move me out of just Sunday morning into everyday ministry that I would have compassion for those around me? And would you give me a boldness to love those around me? And perhaps God has worked in your life in some way over these past months that he's guided you to love a neighbor or to do some kind of outreach for a coworker to offer a gift of some kind to someone that you know who was in need, and he led you to do that as we have been seeking as a church to move from Sunday to every day. I'm wondering if you, you would do this. Two weeks from today, well, we're gonna have a celebration service, so between now and then, would you be willing to record a short testimony and let us know how God has moved you to love the one over the course of this next year? Or over the course of this last several months, excuse me, and perhaps many more months from here, perhaps even into to, to the next year. But let us know how God has moved you in these past months to love the one. And then as well, uh, perhaps you would take a moment, it might be a different crowd here that, that would say, this is how God has grown my prayer life. Through our Dangerous Prayer series over these past 10 weeks, here are a couple ways, here's maybe even one way that God has moved me to grow a little bit deeper in prayer. Would you be willing to spend 30 seconds recording a 30 second or less video and sending it to this website that you see on your screen right now. You send it to that website, video at carneyefree.com, and then we're gonna have a celebratory service here in two weeks on May 31st as we celebrate some of the ways that God has grown our church in prayer and grown us as we've moved from Sunday to everyday ministries. These, of course, will continue to be critical to our church moving forward, but we turn the page a little bit here on May 31st. 
And then, on June 4th and 7th, I'm excited to, to let you know that we'll be starting, once again, our worship services here at Carney E. Free Church. And we'll be gathering together in this room where I am speaking today. That's our church auditorium, as well as in our venue and in our chapel. And we're going to have 13 worship services over the course of each weekend, bilingual and C20. And 11 of the worship services will be the same worship services that normally happen on Sunday morning, but they'll happen in three different rooms on Thursday night, and three different rooms on Sunday morning at 9.15 and 11, and then again on Sunday evening as well. And we're really looking forward to, to this wonderful time of praise together as we'll join hands well once again as a church family. Uh, in compliance with government regulations, we will be practicing social distancing even as we spread out across those different rooms though, that I just noted, we'll be disinfecting each room, in fact, each and every seat that people sit in, in between each and every worship service. We'd ask you to bring your Bible and your own pen, and uh, we won't be handing anything out. We won't be um, handing anything out that you would then give back to us. So bring your Bible and your pen. We'll continue to have our online materials, our online resources through Uversion and various online applications that we use on a regular basis. Those, of course, will be available to you as well. We'll have greeters who will be smiling and holding doors for you. And uh, we will gather together, and we can't wait to do so once again. It'll be a joy-filled time as we worship together as a church family. Uh, look for this in your email. On May 20th, we will have a page within our website that is dedicated to helping you sign up for the service that you plan to attend. I know that feels like an extra step. I wish we didn't have to do that, but we do want to comply with government regulations, and so we are limiting the amount of attendance in each of our services, and the way you can help us with that is by signing up for the service that you and your family plan to attend. Really easy, simple step to do, do that. That'll be open starting on May 20th, and then we'll, of course, be available at the church to answer any questions. But again, I can't wait to gather with you again in person starting on June 4th and June 7th. It's going to be an awesome time of celebration and praise for the Carney Efree Church family. Would you join me in praying for that here this morning for just a moment and as we anticipate this over the next few weeks? Father, thank you for our church. We are so grateful for our churches. We're gathered here this morning in living rooms and kitchens and probably a thousand households right now. We're grateful, Lord, that we are a united church even as we're spread out all over Nebraska and many other states as well. We're grateful to, to be together well, with this technology, but we cannot wait to be together in person on June 4th and 7th. A lot of us have put a ton of effort into uh, a wise plan that will keep us clean and that give us a great time to worship together. And so we ask God that you would allay our fears and our anxieties and you give us joy to come back together here in just a few weeks. We trust ourselves to you. We continue to ask for safety and health for each and every family watching. And we ask right now that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, O oh God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. You know, everybody says that they hate pain. But the truth is, we don't actually hate pain. What we hate is pain 
without a purpose. We hate pain without a purpose. The truth is, we all expose ourselves to pain on a regular basis. I like to go running for maybe three or four miles. It's not painful. But I have friends in this church who do marathons. They expose themselves to pain for a greater purpose. I have a friend in this church who likes to do ultra marathons. What? He exposed himself to excruciating pain for a greater purpose of a higher level of physical and even mental fitness. There's some people who even pay to experience pain. It's called CrossFit. They go and they do 100 burpees and 500 push-ups and they push over tires and it's painful for me to just watch. And that's just their warm-up. There's others who voluntarily experience pain by enlisting in boot camp and then they serve our nation and how grateful we are for their service. Many people diet and as they diet, they are voluntarily exposing themselves to pain. We will endure pain as people if we know that it's for a higher purpose of growing us physically or spiritually or refining our character for some higher purpose. The truth is, we can tolerate pain. But what I've found, both in my life and in many people though that I've spoken with, is that we cannot tolerate pain that seems to have no purpose. We cannot tolerate what feels like wasted pain. Do you know what I'm talking about? Here's where we've been. Let me just reset where we've been these past two and a half months. We've been in two and a half, going on three months now, that's gonna be a little bit longer than that, of social isolation from one another. Some of you who are watching right now in your bedroom or your living room, you've been going on two months now of unemployment. Others of us have endured the pain of sickness. Others have endured the pain of family strife that has come from being together in new ways than we ever have before. We've endured in one way or another over the course of these past two and a half months significant pain from all that is encompassed in COVID-19. And we are rightly asking God, could there be some kind of purpose to this pain? Would you do something in and through this pain? Because what I cannot endure is wasted pain. Humbly, I want to suggest to you today three things that God might be doing in some of us, perhaps at least one of these things in all of us, through the crisis that has been COVID-19. Now, I don't want to be presumptuous in any way and try to suggest in any way that I know specifically, well, what God is doing. That would be silly, and I would never do that. I don't know specifically, well, what God is doing in allowing this to to come to earth. We talked about why God sometimes allows suffering and even evil a couple weeks ago. If you need to go back and listen to that message, yeah, you can do so. As I talked at length about why God would allow evil. What I want to talk about today is what God does generally through the experience of pain. Not specifically what he's doing in COVID-19, but what God does generally and what he promises to do in us and for us and through us over and over again in the scriptures. He promises that he has a purpose in our pain. 
I want to give you today three purposes that God would have in the pain of what we have been going through. Take a look at James 1, 1 through 5, either in your Bible or on the screen today. If you turn there in your Bible, if you get to 1 Peter or Revelation, just go a little bit back to, to the left. If you go to Hebrews, turn to the right a page, and you come to James chapter 1. This is a classic text on the reality of suffering, the reality of pain, and what God might do in and through us through the experience of pain. Listen to this. James 1, verse 1. This is James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. Greetings. Let me just pause there for just a moment and reset the background of this. Who is James? He's the half-brother of Jesus. He's the half-brother of Jesus, and he calls himself here a servant of God and a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's a brother of Jesus, and he calls himself a servant of Jesus Christ. And he's writing to the 12 tribes. The 12 tribes is a term though, that is used for the people of Israel. There are 12 tribes in Israel, and so he's speaking of the people of God who are a diverse and yet unified people. And he says, to the 12 tribes that are scattered among the nations. Isn't that interesting? They're scattered among the nations. Perhaps you remember from your Bible history the reason they were scattered. It's because they experienced extraordinary pain. There were other nations that came in and killed and went to war with the Israelites on repeated occasions and Jerusalem was toppled by the Assyrians and the, Babylon, and the Babylonians and Israel was scattered amongst those nations and here is James writing a letter which would then be dispersed amongst the, the different people as it would go like the Pony Express from one community to another community and here was a letter coming to them from the half-brother of Jesus it says, greetings to the 12 tribes of Israel scattered. Do you feel scattered from your church family at all right now? He goes on to say this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any one of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Oh, what a passage this is. Again, I want to just suggest from this passage three different purposes that God would have for the pain that we are experiencing right now. Here's the first one. God's purpose in this pain is your perseverance. God's purpose in this pain is your perseverance. God in his love would sometimes have us go through painful circumstances for the purpose of growing us in this beautiful character quality of perseverance, which frankly cannot be had any other way except through trials. Imagine with me some Division II athlete who is an absolute stud on the baseball diamond. He bats 350. He hits a home run almost every game. And after the end of dominating his competition one season, he decides, I want to get better. 
What's the only way, though, that he can get better? It's to face tougher competition. He has to go out and find tougher competition. And so, in this imaginary person, imagine that he chooses to transfer up a level to the Division I level, even though he won't do as well, so that he can get better. This is what pain does in and through us. God in his love brings pain as a stiffer competition to us. Sometimes he gives it and sometimes he allows it out of his love to grow us in the beautiful quality of endurance or perseverance. Makes me think of this movie called Evan Almighty. I'm dating myself a little bit. It's probably 15 years old now, but Evan is a man who's responsible for building an ark as he's seeking to obey God. He's like a modern-day Noah, and he goes about building an ark as he thinks that God has told him to, to build an ark. It's kind of a funny story, and his family ain't having it. And so his family, they decide to leave. And as his family leaves, he has this crisis of faith, and he goes and he sits on his front lawn, and as he's sitting down on the front lawn, he begins to pray to God, and he says, God, I know this is all happening, but because you love me. And as he's sitting on that front lawn saying, God, I know this is all happening, but because you love me, all of a sudden, the sprinkler turns on in high blast and comes across his face. And he says, God, can you please do me a favor and love me just a little bit less? Can you relate to that? Maybe you're feeling that way right now. God, can you please do me a favor and love me just a little bit less? But what God wants is for us to learn to rely on him. He wants us to tap into previously untapped potentials of a higher quality of faith that will only come through perseverance. And so he says, verse two and three, consider it pure joy. Can you smile as you say this? Maybe it's a forced smile like it is for me. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that God has a purpose in this trial to develop perseverance in you. Mm. It's a purpose in the pain, and it's called perseverance. Like, just think back with me to a time in your own life when you really grew in your faith. I can think of a couple times in my life where I really had this spurt of spiritual development, that I grew more and more in love with God, that my character was refined, that my faith in Jesus grew larger, that my trust in the scriptures was expanded. What was going on in your life when that was happening? My guess is, for many of us, what was going on in our lives simultaneously was pain. Because pain has a way of forcing us near to God of helping us to rely on God, of doing this weight training such that we would lean into God, asking him to sculpt us into finely tuned division one spiritual athletes as we persevere. Now, I've said this before over the past few weeks, but how are you using the stay-at-home order? How are you using the pain of this time 
to grow closer to God? Are you asking, God, how would you use this time? Maybe there's only a few weeks left to it. God, how would you use these next few weeks or this next month to refine me? Is there a characteristic, a fruit of the Holy Spirit that is lacking in me, that you want to change in me? Is there a rough edge about my character that's abrasive to other people, that is not honoring to other people that are made in the image and the likeness of God that you want to change in me? Is there a morsel of greed or of too much fear of insecurity, too much fear that you're wanting to refine in me through this time of pain. Friends, do not waste this pain. Ask God to use this pain for the purpose of growing you in perseverance. And then I want to encourage you to ask God to use this pain for the purpose of growing you in prayer. God's purpose in this pain that we're going through is to grow us in prayer as well. One of the greatest defeaters of prayer in our lives is busyness. Perhaps that's the number one defeater of prayer. We all can fall into this pattern in which we go from meeting to meeting, from appointment to appointment, from one decision to another decision, sometimes without even thinking about God, let alone praying to the one who gives us wisdom when we come to him in prayer. If we're not careful, we can become functional atheists. Here's a little warning. Sometimes we're actually not all that busy. In fact, God, I think in this time, has crushed some of our busyness such that we would learn to rely on him more, such that we would learn to pray to him more. And in some cases, we've just refilled that with other things that we don't really need to refill. Pastor and author John Piper wrote a number of years ago, he gave this warning, one of the greatest uses of Twitter and Facebook will be to prove at the last day that prayerlessness was not from a lack of time. He wrote it on Twitter. 11 years ago. But again, God perhaps is breaking that down for our benefit that we would use this time to grow in the beautiful gift of conversational relationship with God through prayer. I've been talking to a number of people in our church who have been really growing spiritually over these past two and a half months, and I've been getting testimonies from a couple of them, and here's one from a woman in our church, Bob, by the name of Megan O'Brien, and this is what she said to me. She said, Adrian, God has awakened my heart. Listen to this. God has awakened my heart in this season like no other time before. Normally, I am socially reserved, but God during this time of mandated social distancing has given me a clear mission to speak up and to use my voice to encourage and support others. I am experiencing newfound freedom to respond to God's prompt to love people where I would normally just stay hidden in my shell. I have also been drawn toward reading his word in new ways, seeing scripture as a source for transformation instead of just a daily task that I'm supposed to accomplish. I've used the prayer room at E-Free to intentionally seek hours of solitude with God through prayer and scripture memorization. Through this, God has revealed himself as my counselor, and I'm starting to meet him as Father 
and friend. <laughs> Praise God. What a gift that God would use this pain for the purpose of moving her out of her shell into encouraging others from seeing the Bible as a checklist task that she must do every day to seeing the Bible as a reservoir of wealth from God for her soul, from seeing prayer as something that she is required to do to seeing prayer as an opportunity to know God more as counselor and friend and father. You see, my friends, part of what God would do in this time is to move us out of independence and into a level of interdependence. To move us out of a place of independence and into a place of prayerfulness. To move us out of the illusion of control. We never had control in the first place. But he's moved us out of the illusion that we had control and into the truth that only God has control and so I'll trust in him. He's moved us out of the illusion that my intelligence by itself is enough and into the reality that we are in need of divine wisdom. He has moved us out of self-sufficiency and into God's sufficiency, so thanks be to God. Now here's a great promise from the scripture as it relates to prayer. Look at verse five in your Bible. If anyone lacks Wisdom. I have circled in my Bible, any of you lacks wisdom. That's, that's me. If anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God. And then I circled in my Bible, who gives generously? Who gives generously to all, not to some, but to everyone who asks. Without finding fault, and as you ask for wisdom, it will be given to you. Wow, what a promise. What a promise. That's one of the most awesome promises in all of Scripture. I need wisdom. I need wisdom to be a better father. I need wisdom to be a better husband. I need wisdom to be a better son. I need wisdom to be a better pastor. So I should ask God because he generously gives to all who ask without finding fault. Let me just allow you to peer behind the curtain a little bit to a recent elder board decision. Uh, our plan was initially to reopen church services today. But instead, I'm looking at this ugly camera right now instead of at your beautiful faces. So obviously that didn't happen. Our plan was to open services on May 14th and 17th, and we thought we had a really good plan, and we consulted the various health districts and the governor's orders and really felt good about it, and it, it may have been just fine for us to do that. But we saw in the midst of that plan these spikes in COVID-19 over in Hall County and then over in Dawson County, and we were listening to the government recommendations related to reopening things of two weeks after the peak date in your specific area. And in our area, that peak date that we've been told about was like May 14th or 15th. It's a moving target. But two weeks after that, well, that put us more toward the end of May. And so this is what we did as an elder board team. We talked to each other and we prayed and we said, you know, here's what we could do. 
We could go ahead and open now. We've been allowed by our governor, who we believe has been doing a great job, to go ahead and do that. Well, we can open now. But we just paused and we said, God, should we open now? We could, but should we? And it wasn't a black and white answer, not at all. But what we did over the next three days is fall on our faces and commit to pray. And we just asked God, would you give us wisdom and would you give us unity? And we came together three days later at our elder board meeting, eight of us, godly men, wonderful godly men on that elder board. We came together and after praying together, we said, again, God, what would you have us do? And there was an amazing unity in the room that led to peace about moving it back just a few weeks for the reasons that I just noted. And what it required was this. Don't just move into a decision. Wait on the Lord. Be still and take heart. Psalm 27 says, wait on the Lord, be still and take heart and wait on the Lord again. And he will give wisdom to those who truly ask. Not as a dive bomb technique of prayer. There I prayed and I'm done with it like a vending machine portrait of God. But those who really come to God in a sense of reliance, God, I I need you. Would you please guide me? Would you give wisdom in this difficult situation that I'm in? Would you please provide divine wisdom? God's purpose in this pain is prayerfulness. And then finally, God's purpose in this pain is purity. I'll wrap up with this. Take a look at verse 4. James says, let perseverance, which God gives out of his love as we go through a trial, let perseverance finish its work in you. It takes time. It's got to be finished slowly over time. Let perseverance finish its work in you so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Those two words, mature and complete, mature actually in the original language means so that you may be perfect. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. How's that going for you? About as good as it's going for me. We got a long way to go to perfection. But God will slowly mold us like a metal worker who works on metal and cleans the dross, the dirt, the imperfections off the top of the molten metal only to reveal the most glorious liquid gold underneath. So is God using pain to clean away the dross of our lives, to clean away the impurities to make us more pure and holy vessels for his use in the world. And I don't know about you, but my pain over these past couple months has revealed some things in me that I'm not proud of. It's revealed some anger that I don't get what I want when I want it. Like, I want to go to my restaurant. Or some anger that I can't go to some other town and get out of town every once in a while. I I mean, I felt that. And it's like, why is this anger in my soul related to that? Something so small. Chill out. Pray. Ask God to use that pain 
to purify you? What, what is it for you? Maybe you've learned some unhealthy dynamics in your marriage. Maybe you've learned some level of addiction. Maybe these past months have taught you a level of greed or a level of security and wealth and comfort that you're not proud of. You know what? There's grace in God to reveal that to you. It's the grace of God to reveal to me some of my unneeded anger. Because when the grace of God comes to us and reveals to us the ways that we are not yet mature and complete, it's at that moment that he leads us to repentance, which is an ongoing process of coming back to God once again, admitting that I've missed the mark when I was going this way, and I agree with what you said, God. I come back to you. I am sorry for my sin. I'm sorry for my failure. Would you have me again? And his grace showers over you. When God reveals to us our need for purity, that is a grace from our Father in heaven to lead us to repentance, to forgive us, and in the forgiveness of Christ, there's our perfection. You see, when God sees you, if you're a follower of Christ today, he doesn't see all your failures. He doesn't see all your sins. He sees the perfection of Christ that has come down for you and blanketed his love upon you, blanketed his grace upon you. He doesn't see your imperfections. He sees the perfection of Christ if you've confessed Christ as Lord. And so we do that again and again and again, not just confessing him as Lord, but repenting for the ways that we've missed the mark so that we would keep short accounts with God and so that we would experience his cleansing power over us again and again. What we cannot stand is pain without a purpose. And that's not what we have. What we have is a God who would use the pain that we are experiencing right now for these glorious purposes of growing our perseverance, of growing us in prayer, and of growing us to become more pure vessels of God for his use in the world. Would you pray with me as we close? Oh, Father in heaven, how we thank you that uh, you will use anything that we go through in life to refine us, to make us more like you. And we thank you, God, that you want us at times to go through painful experiences so that we would learn to rely on you a little bit more for the purpose that we would grow in prayer, for the purpose though, that we would become a little bit more like you each and every day. Now I know, Father, that there are people who are watching this morning who are struggling deeply, that are experiencing great pain right now. Some are struggling in their marriages, and I ask, God, that you would meet them where they are in your grace. You would show yourself to them, that you would show your love to them, and you would give them some hint of a purpose through this pain that you would develop perseverance and prayer in them. There's others that are battling addictions and various hang-ups, and I... I ask God that you let them know right now that you're not done with them, that you love them right where they are, that you are a God who takes us as we are in process 
and you're willing to keep molding us in spite of all the dross at the top of our lives. We thank you, God, that you'll never leave us or forsake us. We thank you, God, though, that you love us. There might be some who are watching, though, this morning who have never repented, who have never turned to Christ, and you really don't know what I'm talking about. And friends, today would be the day to recognize there could be a purpose in this pain, and that purpose is turning to the God who created you, who loves you, who would forgive you both now and forevermore. Godly sorrow can lead us to repentance, which guides us into the arms of God and leaves no regret. Thank you for that, Father. If you want to make that decision today, please just let us know here at the church. We'd love to pray with you, love to walk with you in the next steps of your spiritual growth. But we're grateful for you. We love you. We miss you. And we can't wait to worship with you soon. Thank you, God.